0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. You know, I I didn't finish my message last week and then yesterday, I just, the Lord just inspired me, gave, gave me, um, gave me a word. And the word was be thankful for the initiator. Or I could be be thankful for the pursuer. You know, everything, that, every benefit we have, it's because God pursued us. Every benefit, every blessing, every everything that's good, it's because God pursues us. And so, um, in Revelation. Chapter 3 and verse 20. And before I get there, I want to say that being thankful extends an invitation to the Most High into any area of our lives that will give Him access. You know, uh, you would think that because we're Christians, God has access to every part of our being. But he really doesn't. You know, uh, I struggled uh, when I was in Bible school. The The phrase was that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he won't intrude. And then we got into the um, revival camp. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but... Uh, the Holy you remember the Toronto thing? Well, the Holy Spirit would come on people and he, they didn't ask for it. The Holy Spirit would come on skeptics and uh, they would fall out. They'd begin to laugh and they couldn't stop laughing. So the Holy Spirit wasn't necessarily the gentleman that always asked permission. But through scripture, we see that uh, a lot of times we have to give him permission, open our heart to, uh, to receive the benefit and the blessing. He says in Revelation chapter three, verse 20, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, before we go any farther, I want to just say this, that he is talking to a church. Okay, okay. Jesus had written, uh, spoke to John, and he wrote and he and John uh, took notes on or did shorthand on what Jesus was telling the churches. There were seven churches in Asia, and so Jesus was giving these different messages to different churches. I believe that those were real churches of that day, but I also believe that it could apply. It could apply to individuals or churches today, and the thought was, if the shoe fit, wears it. But uh, I am not applying this the Church of Laodicea to giving light, but I am pointing out that Jesus is outside of the door of the church. Jesus could be outside. You know, he might be Lord. He might be a Savior in your heart, but is he Lord of every part? Mm-hmm. Oh, that kind of rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> he might be Savior of your heart, but is he Lord of every part? And the, ra- the way he becomes Lord is we open up. So he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. That's why it is so it is so critical that we teach and that we apply hearing the voice of God to every believer. The voice of God is not just limited to the prophet. It's not limited to the apostles. It's not limited to the, the pastor and teacher evangelist. It is to every believer. He says, in John, he says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So, Let me just put your mind at ease. It's not talking about an audible voice. It could be. Very few people get audible voice experiences. I've had some that were close to audible, but they weren't audible. I mean, if it was audible, somebody else could hear it, you know. But I've had some that were real close. As a matter of fact, I'm here because of the voice of God. I used to say the only reason I'm here here is because of obedience. (laughs) At that time it was. Now I'm here because it's the willing and the obedient that eat the good of the land. I like to eat good good things, so might as well be willing and obedient. But you know, God knows better. God knows better than we do. Sometimes we think His choices are not our choices. Okay? Okay? So we have to be open, open to the, but he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice. He didn't say if the prophet hears my voice. He said, if anyone, so anyone, is there In any, is there any, anyone's in here today? So you are here today. You are an anyone you are capable of hearing The voice of God. But it's not just enough to hear the voice of God. We have to respond to the voice of God. He says, and opens the door. Okay. He says, I will come in. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. When Christ is allowed access into our hearts he always lifts us out of the place of darkness into light. And he always gives us, when he lifts us he always gives us more authority than what we had before. When we say, and I'm not not even talking necessarily about sin. I'm talking about uh, the Catholics have called it the dark night of the soul. I don't think that needs much explanation. Have you ever been so have you ever been so low and it seemed so dark that not even God loved you? You cry out to God and, and it's silent. You cry out to God and there's no response. That to me would be the dark night of the soul. But even in the dark night of the soul, God's with you. Even in the time when it seems like he's not there, he's there. Which we'll, get into the, which we'll get into that later. And so we need to be thankful for the initiator. We see here that God is the initiator. It wasn't in the church, actually this church, the reason Jesus was outside of the door was because it was a church that was filled with pride. They said we have need of nothing. We don't need, we're rich. We don't need anything. Watch out when you feel like you've got it all under control. Because when you think you've got it all under control, you could be, Jesus could be outside trying to get in. So Jesus is always the initiator to try to get us into a place of greater intimacy than what we had before. Hallelujah. You know, even pastors, even pastors need to cry out and say, I need more of you, Jesus. I want more of you. Not just that I need you. I had a guy, I want to mention his name, but I'd preach a message and he'd always come up and say, pastor, I really needed that. I really needed that. Well, it dawned on me one day, he really needed it, but he really didn't want it. There's a difference between needing something and wanting something. You know that you need more of God. You know that you need more of the power of God. You know that you need more of the love of God, but do you really want it? If you want it, you need to hear his voice and open the door so that he can come in and give it. He is the initiator. You know God is Jesus and God the Father if you, I don't know if you've read the Song of Solomon but Jesus is the initiator of loving the church. He's not like some of us guys. We did everything we could to get him. Even brushed our teeth, combed our hair put on, took a shower and did deodorant. That after he gets his catch, he sits in the lazy boy watching the programs on Sunday afternoon and ignoring his wife. Hallelujah. Thank God I don't have cable, or otherwise I'd probably be doing it too. <laughs> well, let's not just even use Sunday afternoon. Some guy some guys they get their catch. And they, got it. they think they got it in the freezer. It's there whenever they need it. <laughs> so God, So why am I saying this? God is the initiator. God is the pursuer. And he never, ever, ever stops pursuing a greater intimacy and a greater love with you and myself. I want more. We used to sing a song, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. More of his great love for me, so rich and pure and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. See, while there is something, you have to give back. You have to give it back. So. The low, so Jesus is knocking at the door of the church. It indicates that he is continually seeking more access. He is continually seeking more of you. You know, sometimes we miss our greatest opportunities. You know, life isn't always fun. Life is not always great. We have a great life, but it's not always great. Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's bitter circumstances. But we miss our greatest opportunity to offer the sacrifice of praise. It's easy to offer the sacrifice of praise when you win the lottery. I'll never win the lottery because I don't buy the ticket. No ticket, no laundry. And if you do, that's fine. I've had people tell me, boy, as soon as I win the lottery, I'm going to tie it to the church. I said, well, I just appreciate what you got now, but (laughs) (laughs) just a thought. Man, why can't I ever stick with my notes? I I would just stay out of trouble if I did that. (laughs) So anyway, Jesus knocks at the door. He's continually seeking access he's continually seeking more you know if you think your Christian life is boring it's not God's fault I've deserved an amen, amen. <laughs> it's not God's fault if Christianity is boring it's boring because we are ignoring the voice and we're ignoring opening the door and we're ignoring telling us what he where he wants us to go what he wants us to do it's never. And it's never to do anything to harm you. If, you. if you are afraid of God in the way that he's going to st- steal, kill, and destroy your life, you've got your theology all backwards. Some people think the devil's all fun and God's all miserable. That's a lie. God is good. God is, as a matter of fact, I wrote it down this morning. I read it yesterday. Psalm 119, verse 68, you are good. The psalmist is speaking to God. You are good and you only do good. I had, uh, I had some other, uh, I have a Bible on my phone, and I had, some, and I had highlighted some uh, verses on compassionate. And in the, I think it's Psalm 145, it says, you are good to all. Lord, you are good to... That means even the wicked, God is good to. Jesus even confirmed that. He said that God is good to the just and the unjust. And the reason for that is because that uh, it is the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. So it is his goodness that is pursuing the sinner and that it is His goodness that is continually seeking the saint. He is always after you. He's always seeking you. He is always uh, longing to bring you into greater depths of His intimacy and love. And He, just, and he wants to get us, get us beyond head knowledge. I think it was uh, John Wesley said, people can miss he- heaven by 18 inches. I yeah, and when I first heard that, I <laughs> I have a vivid imagination. I can see people just sc- scraping and crawling to get to the gate, and then all, just eighteen inches before they get there, the door shuts. That was my first thought when I heard that. But eighteen inches is from here to here. You have all the knowledge. You have all you know. You might even have right theology, but is it? practical in our lives is, you know, it's one thing to know the scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and it is another thing to practice it. Do you think I like standing up here and doing this? No, I am doing it because I want to express an active faith. The Bible says the dance before the Lord you know, I used to be a little, you know that I used to actually dance on TV? I did it one time, actually. Soul Train. It wasn't Soul Train. I was in the Boy Scouts. Anybody remember Faith Indian? Yeah. That costume, I was, uh, I was an Indian dancer. And we, would, uh, we had these big Boy Scout things, and we were actually asked to dance at the Arrowhead Halftime show which I never got to do but anyway they had us on TV one time and so I was man I was dancing around (laughs) my aunt said he was dancing so much he took up (laughs) I kind of blocked out the other dancers (laughs) I was just the Holy Ghost came on me (laughs) couldn't help (laughs) so if I can dance on TV or if I could dance for the Chiefs which I never got to Then I could dance for the Lord. Now it's more of a slow dancing. (laughs) You say, oh, we shouldn't be dancing. No, just change partners. It reminds me, anyway. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. This is a song, I only know the chorus. It goes, it's time we change, partners. It's time we change. That's all I remember of it. But I like the song. Instead of dancing with the devil, man, let's dance with Jesus. Let's dance with him. Let, you know, D.L. Moody was, uh, there was a woman that came up to him and said, you know, Dr. Moody or Mr. Moody, she said, I'd get saved, but I can't give up dancing. He says, you don't have to give up dancing. She says, I don't. See, he says no. So she gets saved, and she says, you tricked me, Dr. Moody. <laughs> he says, what do you mean? He says, after I got saved, I, didn't, I no longer had the desire to dance. She, just, she could have kept dancing, she just changed partners. Change partners, anyway. He's the initiator. We need to be thankful and grateful that he is the initiator. He is, uh, another, uh, another thing would be he's the pursuer. He is the one who is continually pursuing us. Doesn't, he doesn't catch us, throw us in the boat, and then go after other fish. No, he is, after, he is continually after us, continually loving us. The Scripture says God is love. That doesn't mean that's what He does. That means who He is. And He is the Lord God. He changes not. He cannot change who He is. He cannot change that He is love. So no matter what you do or who you are, He loves you. He pursues you. And He's the initiator. You know, I can't say back in the day it was different with, uh, you know, that guy. <laughs> that guys pursued women, you know, and that women pursue men. Now, that's not not the case because I had women pursuing. The only woman that didn't pursue me, I married. Mm -hmm. Melody did not pursue me. I had to pursue her. I had to pursue her. And if I'm smart, I still pursue her. I continue. Make it a lifestyle. I failed at that, but uh, I told her this morning. I told her she was beautiful. I was thinking. Uh, I, I was thinking during worship. I try to keep my mind on God, <laughs> but you know you. You can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest. But I thought, I thought I was so glad I married her. So glad. You have to tell her to watch the tape. Not the tape. So glad. But I had to pursue her. I had to pursue her. But God is, never quits pursuing Never stops. He doesn't get bored. He doesn't get bored with us. He doesn't get bored with it uh, doesn't matter even, even though sometimes we pull away. He doesn't, he doesn't give us the silent treatment. You might think he gives you the silent treatment. It just maybe that you're not tuned in to the right station. Remember the old radios you had to turn? You had to tune in to the right station. It always bothers me sometimes when I'm listening to a a program on the radio. It seems like I always like to listen to things that doesn't have the strongest signal. And so you're hearing two radio programs at one time. You ever done, it's just so irritating. Or you get into a place of static. Right when, you want, right when they're talking about the chiefs, you, you want to hear something, and then you get in this spot where it goes static. What? <laughs> Tune in. You think you ever... I never plan any of this stuff. But anyway, in Genesis chapter 1, he is the pursuer. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's not that that we, that the Big Bang happened and then man created God. No, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he made a perfect place. He made a perfect planet for all of us. He says, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Any time... Uh, Anytime God is an afterthought in our lives, we limit his, bl- his blessing and our purpose in our lives as well as bringing the kingdom into the world. One of the things I wanted to point out is it's not, to, it's not just that God wants to bless us. It's, one, it's that he wants to bring his kingdom and his goodness through us. The scripture, sa- the, the scripture t- uh, speaks of in Genesis God says, I'm blessing you, Abraham, and you will be a blessing. And God doesn't change, so if God blesses you, he wants you to be a blessing to others. He didn't just bless Abraham and make him rich so that Abraham could be rich. He made him rich so that he could bless the world. It was through through Abraham that the line of Jesus came. God wanted, to use the, God wanted to use the Hebrew nation to carry his word and to protect the seed. You ever wonder why God was, so, God was so strict about them being righteous? It's because the seed was coming through the Hebrew people. Why did God flood the earth? It was because the seed was going to be corrupted unless, unless the wicked was taken out of the way. Just a thought. God was protecting his seed. Why? So he could bless the world. He could bless the world. Genesis 12 uh, and verse 26 then God said, Let us make. No, actually, it's Genesis 1. That's a typo. My secretary, who's me. Genesis 1.26, then God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Whose idea was that? It's God's idea. It's God's idea to make us in his image, to make us in his likeness. And it's God's, eye, it's God's idea for man, for us, to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So, you know, some people say, well, you know, God, uh, man is created in the image of God and then women are created in the image of man. No, it says here that they're both created in the image of God. Both created in the image of God. It was God's idea to make male and female into his own image. And then it says in verse 28 and God blessed them. Whose idea was that? It's God's. How many, oh, God bless me. Oh, God bless me. It's funny, I had, uh, I think it was last week, I'd preached the message. And after the, the, the sermon, Dean said um, he was talking to somebody else, and I just overheard it. He says, yeah, I used to say, oh, God, please, please, please. And I thought he was talking about his wife, you know, Connie. <laughs> oh, please make me a good meal. No. But he said, I used to say, oh, please, please, please. And he said, I, just, I, had, I quit saying that when I started saying thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I think, that's a, I think that's a wonderful lesson for us to learn because we think we have to beg God to do something when he's actually already done it and we just start thanking him for what he's done. Because why? He's the pursuer. He's the initiator. He's the one that is actively involved in pursuing us. So God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. The, the Father God has never deviated from that original plan. He's never deviated from, from the plan to bless you and to give you authority. Never. Now, one thing about authority, God never gave us authority. He's given us proper authority, but he's never given us authority over, over people to be, to be dominating over people. If you feel like authority is dominating people, you don't know, you don't have any clue what authority really means. Actually, we are to use our authority for the betterment of other people. Authority is never given to us for our own. Authority is given to us so that we can be a blessing. What did he say? Abraham, I'm gonna bless you so that you can be a blessing. Your authority is to bless not to rule over. If you want to rule over something, get the devil under your feet. You don't get, you don't get your wife under your feet. Of course, I know I'm going to let you have it. She, she doesn't know what the sole of your shoe looks like, does she? She does not. We're never, we're never to be dominant over other people. We are to bless other people. Jesus, the Bible says, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he raised us up and seated us with him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power. And I think I sang this song a couple of weeks ago, but Lord, lift us up where we belong. Where the eagle flies. I just love, I wish, I wish I could sing like some African- americans basically. <laughs> you know when I was a, when I was young, I didn't like Ray Charles, but now I like that's why I was so glad when Katie picked that song last week. "Hallelujah." There was a guy There was a guy uh, I think his name was Lynn Mink. He's a Christian singer. And Andre Crouch, I think, did a song called, Take Me Back, Take Me Back, or Bring Me Back. Lynn Mink Mink teased us one time, and he said he he used to pray, Oh, Lord, make me black, make me black. (laughs) Why, because he wanted to sing that way. He wanted to sing that way. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I wish I had a range But anyway, Papa is always bringing us back to the plate, to this place of identity. You say, Pastor, why do you keep, you know, I had a friend of mine from grade school. I ran into him uh, after I'd moved out here. I went back to Kansas City and he says, oh, all you preachers always preach the same thing over and over again. And I said, well, once you start doing what we tell you, then we can go on to the next lesson. <laughs> oh, thank God for a quick wit sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I feel like nitwit, but that time I had a quick wit. But God is always bringing us back. And the, the Apostle Paul and also the Apostle Peter said, I, it's not grievous for me to preach to tell you the same thing over and over again. Why? Because they knew that they weren't gonna be with them forever and they wanted this message to be so ingrained in them that they couldn't get away, way, get away from it. So, God, Papa God is always bringing us to this place of identity with him as well as our authority to carry out his will on the earth. It is so critical for us to really know who we are. If you really know who you are, you can enjoy life. If you really know who you are, you're never jealous. You're not jealous about other people. You're never jealous. Why? Because you know who you are. You know that you are valuable in his sight. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And also, his spirit tells us so. What's that other song? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. How many children of God do we have here today? Any children? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world, and it never, ever changes. He never, ever stops. He's always pursuing. Why? Because he is love. He is love. Thank you, Jesus. We can praise God for the unchangeable pursuer. The unchangeable pursuer. Anytime God reveals his name, his character, it is unchangeable, and you can always count on it. I th- the thought came to me, there used to be a phrase, you can put that in the bank. We don't say that no more. <laughs> we don't put our money in the bank. It might close the door. But you can count on it. You can count on it when God says it. You can, because his character never changes. Throughout the Bible, God reveals his unchangeable self. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. He says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Repent means to change. He's not the the son of man that that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? And I love the latter part of this verse. It says, Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. The reason he said that was because he was hired to curse Israel. He was hired to curse the people of God, and God said, You better not say anything unless I tell you. And so, but he was still going after the coin. But every time he would, go, he, would, uh, the, he would make sacrifice, and he came back with a blessing for Israel. Came back with a blessing. Well, I believe that blessing belongs to us, too. He has spoken, and will he not make it good? That's every promise in the Bible. Every promise in the Bible. Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. Do you know that God commissioned the the Levitical priesthood to bless the people? And he even gave them the blessing that he wanted them to say. The Lord bless you and keep you. The The Lord make his face to shine upon you. That means the Lord smiles upon you. Anytime you think of God, are you, looking, are you thinking he's looking at you with the, with the evil eye? Of course, we know God doesn't have an evil eye, but we think he's looking with that stern look. No, he's not looking with a stern look. He's looking with a look because he's the one that gave the passage. He says, his light shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. So that was a command that the priests were to speak over, over the people of God. You know, and the same thing, God said, I command you to bless them. You know, you have that same command. How many priests do we have in here this morning? Everybody should raise their hand, priesthood of the believer. He says, uh, <clears throat> "Let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer." OK? So he says he cannot reverse it. It cannot be reversed because it cannot be reversed because God is unchangeable. God is unchangeable. He has commanded us to bless. He's not going to curse us. He's not going to curse us. As we are grateful for whatever part of his character, we open the door for us to experience it as well as those around us. I just want to continually just drill us into our minds that our blessing is not just for ourselves. We benefit from it. I don't want you to think, well, I don't want other people to get blessed, so I don't want to be blessed. You know, some people like that. If I'm going to bless other people, then I don't want to get it. You think there's not people like that? There are people like that. But Bless God. We, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. You know what, actually, when you are a blessing, it is a benefit to you. So all of these blessings are unchangeable. I I told Melody this morning, because she asked me, uh, what are you gonna preach today? But before that conversation, she was telling me why I couldn't cut down these trees in the yard. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm gonna preach on why I can't cut down the trees in the yard. She says, oh, yeah, yeah." I said, when you talk about this stuff, don't talk to me about this stuff before I preach, because it's on my mind. It it wasn't wasn't on my mind until it just came up, but she asked me, what are you going to preach? I'm going to preach on why I can't cut down the trees in the yard. (laughs) There are huge trees, but anyway, and they're right next to the road. That could be a problem, too, but... She says, can you cut it down and so that the yard doesn't look messy? I said, well, it might take me a little time. Well, no, we can't. We can't have the yard look messy. I mean, the other day, I got these trees along my driveway. I shouldn't be telling you this. But I got these trees along my driveway. I just like to cut them down because, you know, some of them are just right next to the road. Well, this last snow we got, about four limbs and and another tree down in the yard came off. Well, one tree just came down. The other, these huge limbs came off. So guess what? Yeah, I did. You know what I said? You know what I said? I said, thank you, Lord, my chainsaw started. I honestly said thank you because have you ever had one of those small engine things? It just doesn't start. But I found out about that canned gas. You pay about eight bucks a gallon. but Baby, it starts every time. (laughs) It starts. It's just pay. I will pay eight bucks a gallon for my small, for my chainsaw to start in the middle of winter. Hallelujah. So, yeah, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I cut up all that stuff. I moved it. Hallelujah. So what are you going to preach on this morning? Yeah, I'm going to, why I can't cut down trees. (laughs) Well, the one time I cut down trees, I almost sawed my nose off. Maybe that was part of it. Did you see me when I, my my nose was all bloody. I think the chainsaw wasn't running, I just passed out and and my nose went across the chain. It would look bad. Anyway, what are my, so I said, yeah, I can't, I'm preaching on, well I can't cut down trees. I said, I'm preaching on God, the pursuer. To pursue. I, I said, we preach about thanksgiving, but some people don't know what they have to give thanks for. Some of you don't realize, yeah, you're blessed and don't know it. You're blessed and don't know it. I remember a doctor, he uh, it was a cardiologist, and he had people on the treadmill, and he said they died and they didn't even know it. They were, on the, they were running and they were and They were dead. Their heart stopped. And so he'd just wait for them to fall over and then revive them. Revive us so low. Revive us so low. Come on, you know that song? I think Steve Camp did it. And cleanse us from our impurities. And make us holy, hear our cry, and revive us, O Lord. I'm singing that for Aaron and Rebecca because I'd have my headphones on and I'd be listening to Steve Camp and I would be singing because he's in my range. ever listen to somebody that's in your range? You have a tendency to like to sing their songs because you don't have to go too low that you can't go or too high that you can't get there. But anyway, I'm going to give you some names. You know, the scripture says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's something about calling on... you know the occult calls on the names of spirits so that they can receive the power of that spirit? Well, in reverse, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, or whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall receive the benefit of the name. one of the reasons why in the Old Testament the prophets would say thus saith the Lord is because all of these other false prophets were saying thus saith Baal thus "Thus saith Astra thus saith Ra so they had to distinguish who they were talking about so they said thus saith the Lord we don't have to say thus saith the Lord today because we know who we're talking about, you should know who you're talking about. You don't have to do that, but anyway, here are some names. He is the Lord. He He is the Lord. He changes not. The first one is He is Jehovah Shammah. There's seven redemptive names that go that uh, are included through redemption and is included in. The redemptive work of Christ. So He is Jehovah Shama. That means the Lord is there. The Lord is present. He is revealing that you can enjoy His presence all the time. The Lord is there, Jehovah Shama. He is always there. He's Jesus. Jesus also uh, encouraged that. That's not the word I want to use, but. He says, he says in Matthew 28, I will never leave you nor forsake you. One lady said, well, I'm not going to go on an airplane. Yeah. Well, why? Jesus is with you. No, he said, lo, I'm with you always. Uh-huh. No, but he says, I will never leave you. As a matter of fact, you are the temple of God, the, the power of God, the love of God, and everything God is dwells in you. So he is Jehovah Shama. He is also Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord, our peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to thee. My peace I give to thee. I I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, and I will never take my peace away from you. Well, why do I not feel this peace? Because I'm not tuned in. I don't have the door open. I'm not pursuing. You know, I've never had to experience this. This is for other people. But I've never had to tried to win my wife back by sweet thing by you know after I've messed I was going to say screwed up but after I messed up I never had to because she's quick to forgive she's a lot quicker than she used to be but but I was more of the problem I was more the lazy boy, even though we didn't have a lazy boy and we didn't have cable. But anyway, Jehovah Shalom. He is also Jehovah Raya, which means Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Raya means the the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I can be thankful for that. Can't you be thankful that the Lord not only hears your prayers, but he's speaking to you. He said, oh, he never talks to me. That's because you're always saying he never talks to you. If you are one of those, and I've said it myself, I must have been in that dark night of the soul. He's not talking to me. It's because I had the door shut. He's standing at the door knocking. He's the pursuer. He's not the one that's given us the silent treatment. Turn to somebody and say, God doesn't give you the silent treatment. He's also uh, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide an offering. You can also, uh, well, you know, God will, give you, uh, God will give you an offering so that you will be able to give. But this is talking about when Abraham was, uh, was going to sacrifice Isaac, and, the, and uh, Abraham was getting ready to do that. And the voice of the Lord said, don't touch, don't lay a hand on the lad. And God provided a lamb, a ram, it was a ram, God provided a ram, and that's where we get the, that's where we get Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. You know that God had to progressively reveal himself. If you think you know all there is to know about God, you are mistaken. You are mistaken. He's a lot gooder than you think he is. He's a lot sweeter than you think. He's a more powerful than you think he is. He's, a more, he's more holy than you think he is. But because of Jesus, he can be holy and he can still accept us. He's also Jehovah Nisi. He is the Lord, our banner. He is the Lord, our victor. He's the Lord, our captain. Back in the day, back in those times, the armies would go out with banners And it would let them know what, you know, if they got, if there was confusion in the battle, all they had to do was look for their banner. And so, is Jehovah Nisi the Lord our banner? But the, you know, the New Testament church, their main message was Christos victor, which means Christ the victor. They didn't get, they never ever talked about God putting stuff on people. They always talked about God delivering people. They always talked about God healing people. As a matter of fact, with that, through the cross, Jesus has spoiled principalities and powers, defeating all our enemies. All our enemies. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord, our righteousness, Scripture says, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean practically? Practically, that means that I can go into the presence of God without any sense of fear, guilt, or anxiety. He receives me as I am. I got saved by listening, uh, well, Billy Graham, just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for thee. In other words, in my sin, God would receive me. But now, if I think about just as I am, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can come before his presence. Yes, but pastor, what if I sin? Well, then confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, so that you can get back into fellowship. You never lose relationship with him. <clears throat> you don't lose relationship. You might lose fellowship, but if you, but you can get right back into fellowship. The reason we think it takes so long to get back into fellowship with him is because of our experiences with human relationships. Maybe you have a spouse that won't forgive you. Maybe you have a parent. Maybe you had a parent that wouldn't forgive you, that always hang it over your head. Therefore, we relate that to God the Father. But God the Father is not like that. No, he is your He is the initiator, the initiator of love to bring us back into his holy presence, to bring us back into that place where he can bless us so that we can be a blessing and demonstrate the life and the love and the power of God. He is also Jehovah Rapha. There's many more names that we could go, but these are... These are seven redemptive names. He's Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the Lord, your physician, or I am the Lord that heals thee. He never changes. We have plenty to be thankful for. If you, if, you're, if you don't think you have anything to be thankful for, if you're that desperate, come to me and I'll write you out a list. Because as I said last week, there is a benefit in being grateful. There's a benefit. It actually helps your, your mental state. It actually helps your physical being for you to be grateful. You think, well, you know, God's asking me to do a lot of stuff. He's not asking you to do it for his benefit. He's telling you so that you can experience The joyful Christian life is better than what you think. It's better than what you've experienced. There's always more. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. So our attitude of gratitude opens the door for us to experience all that God is and to be assured that He never changes. God God never gets out of bed on the wrong side. Any of you ever gotten out of the wrong side of the bed? God never needs a cup of coffee before anybody talks to him. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? Don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee yet. I used to like Steve McQueen. Anybody remember Steve McQueen? I don't know if he said this or not, but there's a picture of him, and he's got a cup of coffee. He's in his later years uh, and it says coffee never says anything to me in the morning be more like coffee (laughs) so God doesn't need his cup of coffee before you talk to him he's always in a good mood when it's concerning you God is always good he's always in a good mood when it comes to you You know, sometimes we get ticked at our kids, but how, but you still love them, don't you? You still, I mean, you know, God doesn't get, God doesn't get to that point with us. He knows the beginning from, he, he knew you before the foundations of the world and he still saved you. He knew, he knew you. Hebrews ten thirteen says, "Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away with various doctrines, for it is good for the heart to be established by grace." In other words, if we shift our theology into thinking that God is after us, or God is not pleased with us, then we are then we've left. The teaching of grace. Do You know that God, God even loves people that we don't like. He loves people that we think should be in hell. I don't say it anymore. I don't remember if I said it. I probably did. But when I was younger and before Jesus, B.C., The phrase was, go to hell. And now if somebody says that, nobody said it lately. I'm sorry, I can't go there. I've got reservations elsewhere. (laughs) The reality is, is we shouldn't be telling people to go to hell, even if we think they deserve it. The Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, was killing Christians. He was doing everything in his power to get them to recant, to deny Jesus. But God loved him and had a purpose for him. God loved him and had a purpose for him. If you ever want to get here, I I love to hear testimonies. There was this, if you go to YouTube and put put in uh, Muslims that come to Christ, those are some good testimonies. I saw one the other day. It was um, this family. This, This guy went on his Mormon missions trip. And he got real zealous, and he was going to convert this Baptist church. So he was talking to the pastor. And the pastor was giving him the word of God. And so finally he finally the pastor, the, the Mormon kid was getting real frustrated, and the pastor said, I challenge you to go and read the Bible like a child. Because they're taught not to trust the Bible. If they say they believe the Bible, they believe the Bible, but they're taught not to trust it. Because Joseph Smith said there were so many errors in it that he had to he had to rewrite the Bible to get rid of all the errors. So they're taught, even though they might say they trust the Bible, But he said, I challenge you to read the Word of God as a child. It's a long story. Great story. I don't have time. But he gets saved. His father is a priest in the Mormon church. He gets saved. His mother is a professor at Brigham Young University. All his whole family gets saved. Of course he was the, the leadership said he was an antichrist, He was full of the devil. and the worst thing they said to him was, "You sound just like the Baptist." <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me close with this scripture in James chapter one verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brother, and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What that means is, is that God never changes. So all good gifts come from God. If, if, it, if it's a bad gift, it's not from God. It says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures, what that means is, is, he's bringing us back to the original, So where we're in the image of God, and we are we are given authority. And he has uh, he chose he chose to birth us by giving us his true word, and we uh, and we cry out, and we out of all creation have become his prized possession. That's another translation, but. What it says is, we have become his prized possession. We have become his prized possession. Do you, have, do you, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of st- we didn't have a lot of stuff, but uh, I, we had stuff. But uh, I remember my mom had a silver wish set we hardly ever used. Melody had a set of china. Grandma, do you remember Melody's set of china? You don't remember? Melody had a set of china. We never used it. Maybe once. But we are his prized possession. You know, when Paul, when Paul had that revelation of Jesus and Ananias was told to, uh, to go lay hands on Paul, God said he is a chosen vessel. I want to tell you your chosen vessel never leaves you. Never, you have plenty to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus that you are the pursuer. And even though we don't feel worthy and even though we feel like we failed, you still pursue us. You're stand, you would even stand at the door and knock if necessary. Lord God, that we might open up so that you can come in and we can have fellowship and dine together we give you thanks and praise. I break, off all, I break off all false identity in the name of Jesus. I break off every sense of fear, guilt, and inferiority in the name of Jesus. I decree you have no right, no place, no authority in this body and in, in any individual believer in the name of Jesus. I cast you out. You have no right, no place in Jesus' name. I decree by the power of God that you are loved, you are set apart for God and you are, you are accepted in the beloved in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask for the healing team to come up. Do we have any words of knowledge?